0: As believers, we all want to walk the walk and live for Christ. But Pastor Greg Laurie says we can also overreact.
1: I think sometimes we may think, I need to get away from all non-believers. I want to only hang out with Christians and then I'll go to church and be with more Christians. But the reality is sometimes when we're out there in culture, we can make an impact and often the most unfavorable circumstances are the most favorable for spiritual growth and becoming more like Jesus this is the day.
0: the Sunday school song, Dare to be a Daniel? Daniel was a prophet of God and a man who lived a godly life in the midst of an ungodly culture. He lived boldly and risked his very life to do so. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says, dare to be a Daniel. Our culture doesn't revere those who are committed to their faith, but we're not living to please our culture, we're living to serve our Saviour.
1: Our story begins as the king, the new king now, Darius, wants to make Daniel second in command. He wants to elevate him over his other advisors. That would make Daniel the most powerful man in the kingdom next to the king himself. And why was he put in that position? Because of his hard work, his excellence, his integrity. So let's try to determine what qualities were in Daniel's life that we can emulate in ours. If you're taking notes, here's point number one. Daniel was a spiritual man. Daniel was a spiritual man. Verse three, New King James says, Daniel distinguished himself above the other governors because an excellent spirit was in him. What does that mean? That phrase excellent spirit can be translated spirit dominated. In other words, Sir Daniel, the spiritual life was not merely an afterthought. It was not something he simply found time for in his busy schedule. No, Daniel made time for what mattered and that was his relationship with God. His whole life revolved around his relationship with God. Now when you say that about a person, you might think, well, that, that's impractical. And I think sometimes we may hear that someone is spiritual and, and that means they're probably kind of weird, right? Because we'll turn on the television and some preacher will say the Spirit just filled him and then he'll do weird things. And we'll think, man, if that's the Spirit, I don't want to be filled with the Spirit. That isn't the Spirit. That's just weird preachers doing weird things. That's all that is. Because the Bible says we should be filled with the Spirit. And by the way, you're never more clear-headed than when you're being directed by the Holy Spirit. Because Second Timothy one seven says, "God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind, and that phrase can be translated a sound, well-balanced, disciplined mind." And I might add, that Daniel did this in the most ungodly of circumstances. What kind of culture was he living in? Well, he was living in the lap of luxury, being in the palace of the king, but he also was in the epicenter. Of rampant idolatry. There was incredible cruelty. There was sexual immorality all around him. But despite this, Daniel remained a righteous man and even flourished spiritually. I think sometimes we may think I need to get away from all non-believers. I want to only hang out with Christians and only listen to Christian radio and drive a car that I bought from a Christian and live in a neighborhood surrounded by Christians and then I'll go to church and be with more Christians. And I even, my food, it has to be Christian. Everything has to be Christian. (laughs) Well, I'm all for supporting Christian businesses and hanging out with believers. I think you know that. But the reality is sometimes when we're out there in culture, we can make an impact, and often the most unfavorable circumstances are the most favorable for spiritual growth and becoming more like Jesus. See, Daniel had to make a stand, and we're gonna see why in just a moment. But he was gonna shine his light in a very dark place. He was a spiritual man, that's point number one. Point number two, Daniel was a man of purpose. Daniel was a man of purpose. We saw this in chapter one, where we read that Daniel purposed in his heart to not eat of the food from the king's table. He purposed in his heart. So basically, he made a stand in a seemingly small area. When he was just a boy, probably a teenager, he and his buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were taken as captives from Israel to Babylon, brought into the king's palace to sort of be groomed in the Babylonian ways. And Daniel made a principled stand to not eat the food at the table of the king. We don't even know why he made that stand. The Bible doesn't say. Maybe it's because the food was offered to idols. I think that's probably the case. And so he made a deal with the guy in charge. He says, let us eat vegetables for a period of time. You all eat the food from the king's table and we'll see how we fare. And in the end, he was healthier than anybody else. So the point was, God honored the stand. It wasn't a big thing, but it was to Daniel. And that gave him the strength to make a stand in a much bigger thing later on in his life. You see, the fact of the matter is, is if we make the stand in small areas, later we'll be able to make the stand in stronger areas. He was a teenager then, but in the story before us, he's probably 80 years old. And you know what they say, when you get old, you get set in your ways. You like routine. You like to do it the same way. Well, that can be bad or good. It can be bad in as far as maybe you're not open to any kind of change, but it can be good if you're set in your spiritual ways. And you've hardened in your spiritual disciplines. That was Daniel, a spiritual man, a purposeful man.
0: Thanks for joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. We're studying the life of Daniel today. Pastor Greg is pointing out what set him apart. He was a spiritual man and a purposeful man. Let's continue.
1: And number three, probably because he was a spiritual man and a purposeful man, he also was a persecuted man. Let's read about it, Daniel 6, starting in verse five. I'm reading from the New International Version. At this, the administrators and the satraps signed to find grounds or charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, We will never find any basis or charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Wow. We got to bring this guy down. Problem is, there's no scandals in his life, there's no skeletons in his closet. In fact, he prays in his closet. How are we gonna get rid of him? There's only one way, they realized. We have to have something that concerns him and his God. What do we know about Daniel? We know this one thing about him. Every day he goes home and he opens up his windows and he gets down on his knees and he prays openly to God. We've gotta do something that will stop him or at least we'll have him arrested for doing that very thing. So they go to the king. And they they can't wait to get to the king. Verse six says, they thronged the king. That's the New King James Version. They thronged the king. King, listen, we all talked about this and you gotta do this. Everyone's in agreement. You need to pass a law that no one can pray to any god except you. Verse eight, they said, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So Darius, the king, signed The law. And now he realizes Daniel's gonna be arrested and thrown into a den of lions. But that didn't matter to Daniel because point number four, Daniel was a praying man. Yes, he was a spiritual man. Yes, he was a purposeful man. Yes, he was a persecuted man, and let's not miss this, he was a praying man. Maybe nothing stands out in the story of Daniel more than this one simple fact. This was a man of prayer. Look at verse 10. When Daniel learned the law had been signed, he went home and freaked out. No, that's not what we read, is it? He went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem and prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Don't you love that verse? Just as he had always done. He had done this from his youth. He was still doing it in his later years. No doubt on his knees, he received his fearless courage. Reminding us of this simple truth, if you kneel before God, you can stand before any man. And we will face similar challenges, just not as dramatic necessarily. Like that uh, prayer for a meal in a restaurant. Do you pray when you go out to eat in restaurants before you do you pray for your food? How many of you do that? Just raise your hand. Yeah, most of you, it's good. Now, some don't do it. Well, I don't want to do that, it's you're know, kind of weird and I think it's a great thing to do. I think it's a good witness. I've seen families all bow their heads and pray over a meal and, and I think, nah, great testimony. Just, you know, if you do it though, leave a tip. <laughs> I'm actually dead serious about that. Because if you go and do your little prayer and oh hallelujah, glory to God, and you don't leave a tip, that waitress is not gonna be impressed at all. Uh, you know, so leave a gratuity. Uh, But having said that, uh, I think it's a good testimony to to say we're going to offer this prayer. And just a little tip about prayer for meals. When you're in a restaurant and the food has arrived and the food is hot, go ahead and pray. Give thanks and keep your prayer short. (laughs) We don't need to hear your hour long prayer. We're not impressed. We're hungry. Okay. (laughs) But then it might be a family gathering, you know, and and you're the token Christian in your family and, and it's Thanksgiving and, you know, and, and Uncle Harry's already passed out drunk, right? And, and it's just a mess and, and here's everyone and now here's the meal, oh, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna have the prayer no one wants to say anything and it's that awkward moment and, and then, you know, are you gonna step up to the plate and say, let's give thanks to God right now. Let's all hold hands and pray. Oh, I'm not doing that, why not? You know what, most people will pray when you initiate it, i found. Even non-believers. I might talk to someone who I've never met and they'll mention something like, well, uh, I'm having to get a test done in the hospital. I'll say, I'll remember to pray for you. Would that be okay? Yes, please do pray for me. Sometimes say, I'll pray for you right now. Please do, I would love that. So people are very open to this. Take advantage of those opportunities. Listen to this. Jesus said, if you will confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. We all know that verse. I quote it a lot, don't I? If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father and the angels. But listen to this. Sometimes one way to deny Him is to not confess Him. In other words, it's not saying, I don't believe in Jesus. That's denying Him for sure. But another way to deny Him is when you're given an opportunity to and you don't take it. Someone might walk up to you and say, you know, I I noticed something different about you. You work extra hard. You're very cheerful. You have a great family. There seems to be like this peace and serenity in you. What is it about you that makes you different from everyone else? And you say, "Well, it's traditional values." I mean, and you even your voice even changes. Well, I just talk like this occasionally. What is wrong with you? It's not traditional values. It's Jesus Christ. Say, it's Jesus Christ. It's my faith in Christ. (laughs) Tell him you believe in the Bible. (laughs) See, by not taking that opportunity, that's kind of a form of denying him, isn't it? So Daniel thought, I'm not denying my faith. I'm not going to hide my faith. I'm gonna hold the course that I've always held up to this point and will continue to hold that course. So we need to point people to Christ, take it even a step further and use it as an opportunity to share your faith. That's what we need to do. We'll have to wait till next time to finish the story. Just a spoiler alert. God preserves him in the lion's den. I don't know if you know the story. but (laughs) Don't wait for the movie. Read the book. It's right here. I wonder why they haven't made a movie about this, but uh, yes, of course, the Lord preserved. And we'll get to that in our next part to this message. But let me just say, uh, we will be persecuted for our faith. We'll be harassed. We'll be uh, insulted. So what should we do when people do that? Answer, we should keep doing what we are doing. We should keep praying. We should keep preaching. And we should keep living the Christian life. Why should we do that? Because people are watching us, just like even his enemies were watching him, Daniel I'm talking about. More even than that, God is watching us. And we want to have him say to us in that final day, well done, good and faithful servant. What a deal. The Lord says just stand up for me in front of people, and I'll stand up for you in heaven before the Father and the angels. Wow. And what do I have to do again? Just stand up for me. Just speak up for me. Look for opportunities to tell others about me. That's what you need to do. That's a deal of the century, isn't it? Let me close by saying this to you. Maybe some of you have joined us today who don't have this relationship with God. You don't know if Jesus Christ is living inside of you. You don't know if you'll go to heaven when you die, but you'd like to know that I don't want you to leave today without knowing that there is a God in heaven who loves you. Yeah, but Lord, I'm such a disappointment. Trust me, I've seen worse, but I love you. And I put the judgment that should have come upon you for your sin and your wickedness upon my own beloved son, Jesus, who died on the cross in your place. And because Jesus suffered and died in your place and rose again from the dead, you don't have to face the penalty for your sin. I love you and I wanna forgive you. Would you like to be forgiven of all of your sin? Is there anyone here today that needs a second chance in life? Is there someone here that has even said they're a Christian but maybe in a sense you've denied him? Or maybe there's someone here who's never heard this before. It's all news to you and you didn't know you could have this relationship with God. Well you can, he's just a prayer away. Jesus says he stands at the door of our life and he knocks and if we'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity to pray and ask him in. So let's all bow our heads for a word of prayer. Everybody praying, Father, thank you for loving us so much. You sent Jesus to the cross to die in our place. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and making that great sacrifice and then rising again. And now, Lord, I pray for every person here who does not know you. I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and convince them of their sin and bring them to yourself even now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: And if today's message has inspired you to want to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg Laurie will help you do that right now.
1: Listen, as you've listened to this program today, maybe something's been happening inside of your heart where you're sensing, I need to do this personally, but how do I do it? And what do I do? Let me help you. It's very simple. In fact, it's so simple, you may be shocked. God, this relationship with him is just a prayer away. The Bible says, if you will call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So I'd like to lead you in a prayer where you do just that. You call on the name of the Lord. This can be the moment where you change your eternal address, literally from hell to heaven. Just pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, But I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for me and rose again from the dead. Jesus, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In your name I pray. Amen. I know. It's such a simple, short prayer. But you just called on the name of the Lord. And you know what? He heard that prayer. And if you meant that prayer in your heart, he answered that prayer. Now let me help you to get started on the right foot in your new life in Jesus Christ. The greatest adventure awaits you, the life of walking with God. I want to send you what we call a New Believers Growth Pack that includes the New Believers Bible and a whole lot more. And let me be the first to say to you, congratulations and welcome to the family of God.
0: And to get the free New Believers Growth Pack, just ask for it if you've prayed along with Pastor Greg to receive Christ. We'll be glad to send one your way when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg continues the story of Daniel. It's an important part of the series called End of Days. This is the day, the day when Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Daniel in the Lion's Den. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or if you'd prefer a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1800 50 11 or visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.